You know, I'm gonna give you a history lesson. We got some dumbass motherfuckers floating around this country. <laughs> start laughing! And when I do, start fucking. Also, y'all did some nasty ass jokes on my ass, too. Funny jokes and unfunny jokes come out of the same birth. You fucking guys are unbelievable. Why are you laughing? Evening, everybody. Welcome to Why are You Laughing, a history of comedy podcast. And today, I am pleased to introduce to you Family Guy versus South Park, the Cartoon Wars. Uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone of South Park take on Seth MacFarlane and the people over at Family Guy. Uh, this is a very interesting one. I think I alluded to it probably in our Simpsons episode. Um, that these these are kind of the big three: the Simpsons, South Park, and Family Guy. I would say are the big three in animation, certainly over the last thirty years at least. Um, and I, you know, I wanted to get into South Park and I wanted to talk about Trey and Matt because I think they're in- interesting characters. And I thought, ah, Family Guy might be a good one to do too because it's gone this such a similar trajectory as The Simpsons. And that's when it dawned on me, why not just do? Uh, we'll get to both of those later. But for now, why don't we start with Family Guy versus South Park? Because I thought it was a very interesting war. And I've never seen a destruct- deconstruction of a product in the way that South Park was able to do it. I mean, I've, I feel like maybe you guys disagree. Uh, but I feel like South Park, when they put their minds to something, are batting a thousand. Like, oh, oh yeah, they they have a greater percentage of hitting the nail on the head with every topic they take on. And Family Guy was no different because it genuinely changed the way I look at the show to some extent. Now there are some things I uh, don't know that I agree with them on, or I'm not sure why they would care about it necessarily. Uh, but we'll get into all of it. So I uh, hope you guys enjoy. And uh, I will say, based on uh, the numbers, I was 100% right about how many of you would check out the Charlie Chaplin episode compared to every other week. Shame. But I still do recommend it because it seems like the people that watch it say, like, hey, these old ones are great, whether it's Jackie Gleason or the Three Stooges or whatever. These these old stories are uh, even more interesting than our usual topics, but I think people see you know the black and white and a guy with a Hitler mustache and they're like yeah I'll skip this one, but I recommend you go back and listen to it. Um, we also have uh, plenty of bonus episodes coming up. The last one we did was a Opie and Anthony segment. I think we're going to do uh, more of those like radio segments because people seem to enjoy that as well. So get on the Patreon for God's sake. Get these episodes a week early. Um, as well as all the bonus episodes that we do and, uh, you know, Quincy and when we put up early blind mic projects, all that stuff, you want to be subscribed to the Patreon and, uh, easiest way to find that is blindmic.net. That's where all our links are, whether it be Apple, Spotify, get on the YouTube folks. Um, uh, make sure you tap that notification bell. Uh, also for episodes like this, you might want to be on Patreon cause, um, sometimes there's copyrighted material and stuff like that. So if we have to cut anything out, that usually means that the full video is on Patreon. So go to blindmike.net and make sure you're, uh, you found all of those links properly. All right, let's get into it. So, like I said, big three in, in adult animation would be The Simpsons, Family Guy, and South Park. And um, Family Guy has taken a lot of shit over the years. It's been called essentially a Simpsons ripoff. Um, I would say, especially because it's on the same network, <laughs> Uh, I would say it's more paying homage to what the Simpsons were. I think it was almost, I mean, pardon the pun, I guess, whatever you would call it, but cartoonish how much they were, where it's literally, you know, the drunk, oafish husband 
the uh, kind of, you know, over it, doesn't know how to deal with him. Wife, three, three kids of the same, uh, it seems like the same age range and things like that. So uh, it was almost a complete ripoff of the Simpsons to a ridiculous point. That's how I took it. Um, but there was, there was some tension there between the Simpsons and family guy. I guess Seth MacFarlane is friends with uh, Matt Groening and some other people over at the Simpsons. So they've said that, that rivalry is a little more, um, uh, there's a little more love there. Although we'll hear from Trey and Matt in a bit on that, but South park really hated family guy and yes, they, they took it out on them. But what's interesting about this rivalry is that it all started with having absolutely nothing to do with family guy. Um, if there wasn't a, a little cartoon drawn depicting um, one religion's Messiah, then maybe this rivalry never would have been sparked. But uh, we start with Matt and Trey explaining how this all got started, right? Uh, showing th- that person. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's a certain um, a certain drawing that maybe you shouldn't do, which uh, Matt and Trey's ears perked up at that. Funny thing that happened with that, uh, you know, when when we we told Comedy Central, we're like, okay, we're going to do a show. And because the first idea was we we're going to show Muhammad. Sure. He's just going to be a guy and he's just going to be, he's going to stand there. The, the joke was he's going to be on family guy. So that if anyone, they get pissed off anyone, they'll be pissed off a family guy. Sure. <laughs> and so, you know, that was the whole thing. And then, uh, they said, no, we're, we're not going to show Muhammad. And we're like, but don't you see, we, we have to, you have to show Muhammad. You so know? South Park, I'm so sorry. Comedy Central actually said to you, you're not going to show yes, Muhammad. They said we cannot show Muhammad. So we actually had to change the whole idea of that show. We're like, okay, well then we're going to make the idea idea of the show that a network won't show Muhammad Mm -hmm. and because that's now what we can talk about, you know? And man, that mentality is why they're such geniuses is they will, they're able to go with the flow the way we've talked about other entertainers. Like, I think when we talked about Leno, we said this where like he, he, he goes along to get along. He knows how to keep his job. He knows how to keep ratings up, things like that. And so he kind of does what he's told. Man, Trey hear what they're told and are like, well, how can we get away with shitting on that, basically, which <laughs> makes them true comedic geniuses. But also they've you know kept their job for 30 years because they're so valuable to Comedy Central. Right. The show's uh, so successful. It's kind of like, well, someone's going to give them a job. It might as well be dude, us. Yeah. And there's an interesting thing in animation. I'm sure we talked about this in the Simpsons episode as well. But there's an interesting thing that I think Matt and Trey are aware of that for whatever reason. If it's puppets or cartoons, you can get away with a lot more, whether it's language or subject matter, you can get away with a lot more than, you know, human beings acting it out for whatever reason. Right. It doesn't feel as real. And I mean, the best evidence of that is just an anvil dropping on Elmer Fudd's head. No one's like, my God, that's vulgar. (laughs) (laughs) If it were to happen to a human being, it wouldn't be run on Cartoon Network. Right. Exactly. Um, so anyways, uh, man, Trey, I can explain a little more about that, but I do think it's interesting that they wanted the episode to be about the depiction of Muhammad and they were using family guy as kind of a device to, to get there. But because of comedy central, they were like, all right, well, maybe we'll go a little further in this direction. <laughs> They'll keep telling us about it. <laughs> yeah, because you know it was an interesting thing because we and this is what happened. We we had Muhammad in an episode of South Park four years ago. Um, and it was uh, I mean he was a positive character, he was a superhero that turned himself into a beaver and fought Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> Reaction when 
one day turned the news on and there's all these people rioting in the Middle East and it said, cartoon of Muhammad sparks riot. We're like, holy shit, they just figured it out? <laughs> why i have so much respect for these two like as far as comedy duos like i have a lot more love for larry david and what larry david and jerry seinfeld were able to do together but if you're talking like respect for for you know their just mentality and and their work ethic and everything trey and matt are two of the best ever they really are unbelievable and they're what's the I'm trying to think of how to phrase this, but the fact that they've never gotten sucked into Hollywood, that they've literally laughed at Hollywood, the further they've gone into it, you know, showing up at award shows high on Molly and drag and stuff like that, basically just telling the industry to go fuck themselves at every turn is pretty impressive. And I think that is going to play a big factor in, you know, how people feel about this episode when it comes to family guy or South park, because Seth MacFarlane's a guy who has, you know, shit all over the industry as well and taken his shots at celebrities and how things are run. And, you know, they, they have a whole episode about the FCC. But Seth MacFarlane started to like the smell of his own shit a little bit. And now he records crooner albums and he's spread himself very thin. He has 17 different cartoons going on at the same time, which as far as a money-making endeavor, more power to him. God bless you, Seth. But if you're looking at, you know, ethically, <laughs> not not ethically, but um, uh, in terms of like respect in, in their field, I think Trey and Matt have it in droves more than Seth MacFarlane because they look at a situation like that where I think a lot of people would be like, oh, it's easier just to not do it. Trey and Matt say, well, that's why we have to do it now. Well, a lot of it too is... Uh- you don't know their politics because they make fun of everyone equally. And Seth MacFarlane also went down the road of starting to, you know, favor certain things because before, like with South Park, everyone laughs at it because everyone's getting made fun of equally. Yeah. Well, Seth, yeah, Seth MacFarlane's um, politics did come through very clearly. I think part of the problem with that is like him playing Brian as himself, like his voice was Brian mm-hmm. and Brian kind of became the voice of the, the political landscape on that show. And so I think that's kind of where he fucked up where there's not a character where you're like, Oh, that's Trey. Even though Stan and Kyle are supposed to be Trey and Matt, essentially, even those characters, you're not like, 
oh, they're using that character to give us their message, you know? Right. Um, all right. And, and enough of that. We're uh, getting too far ahead of ourselves, I think. Let's uh, keep hearing this. So we show Muhammad in Family Guy on South Park, and, uh, and then, you know, Comedy Central said, well, we're, we're blacking it out. And so they, they put a black space there. So then we put in a text that said, Comedy Central won't allow, allow you to see this. And all it was was Muhammad standing there at the door, hands Family Guy a football helmet and walks away. And they blacked it out. So then right after that, just to make a point, you know, we're like, then we had Jesus Christ shitting on George Bush. <laughs> <laughs> I think another thing that really benefits Matt and Trey is the whole six days to air thing. If you've ever seen the documentary, you know, obviously mm-hmm. that they fire out every episode within a week of each other. And literally uh, that's why they're able to stay so topical because when one episode airs on a Wednesday night, they immediately start writing the next episode. And so there's such little time for comedy central to be like, Oh no, you can't do that because then Matt and Trey will say like, "Oh well, then there's no episode. Like you're you're fucked. You're right. Throw a rerun on, I guess, because that's what we've got, and it's eight p.m. So good luck, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like so. This episode, the main focus was Muhammad. Now, or, or the the ability to draw Muhammad, because these guys are looking at it and saying like. You know, that's a major story right now. It's literally called the cartoon wars. People are getting in trouble for depicting Muhammad. How are we as animators not going to address that? Comedy animators. Um, But I remember it more as the Family Guy episode because as much as they wanted to get a message across about drawing Muhammad, I think their true passion came in writing the Family Guy scenes. Those seem to have the most, you know, if you're if you're looking at it from a religious perspective, you can tell these guys are probably you know some form of agnostic or not giving a fuck religious wise. But in terms of comedy, that is their religion. So they took this right. part very seriously. Um, so where are we now? Uh, this is clips of South Park making fun of. Okay, so this is the episode, and um, like I said, Cartoon Wars. It's called Part One and Part Two. And like I said, I was a Family Guy fan. Uh, I loved Family Guy when I was a kid. It made me laugh my ass off. And I would even say before this episode came out, I don't know that I noticed this formula. I think, you know, maybe if you if you mentioned it to me, like, oh, you know, all the cutaways in Family Guy, I'd be like, oh, yeah, of course. But it didn't stick out to me as glaring as they are about to show us. And so, like, if you're still a Family Guy fan and you want to preserve that image, uh, turn away now because... <laughs> Uh, they do a pretty good job at deconstructing something. You TiVo every episode of Family Guy? Dude, it's a good show. Yeah, lots of people like Family Guy. Ugh. Peter, I can't believe you invited your old high school sweetheart over for dinner. You think that's bad? Remember <laughs> when I auditioned to be David Hasselhoff's car? Hey there, Knight Rider. After those bad guys, Kit. <laughs> Yeah, but Dad, why would you invite an ex-girlfriend to dinner? Perhaps he wants to make our mother nervous. Nervous? Like when I had to sell pancakes to the school soccer captain? <laughs> pancakes for you, Captain? I'll be the captain, and you'll be to Neil. <laughs> we'll keep us together. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so the whole premise is Carmen's disgusted by it and he hates Family Guy and wants to get him off the air. <laughs> it's very fun because that's a very, you know, overly simplifying what Family Guy does. But, you know, there, just, there's an element of that where it's just like, that's a lot. It feels a lot easier maybe than writing out a plot line. Now, Seth MacFarlane will dispute that. And I think he makes some good points as well, which we'll get to. Um, but it is something like you can't unsee it once you know it's there. Like, uh, this will be one that never gets out of your head. Um, listen to, uh, is it Highway to Hell? I think by ACDC. Mm-hmm. There's a lyric where they say, Season ticket on a one way ride. It's one of the first lines in the song. And go listen. You tell me if they're saying the N word, but oh, I yeah. swear to you, you'll yeah. never unhear it now. If you haven't heard it before, now you will every time you listen to that song. Yeah. And there's a certain thing like once something's exposed like that, it's actually, I don't know if we've ever referenced How I Met Your Mother in this show, but they actually have an episode where it's like the, the glass breaks on, so you know, in a relationship, once the glass breaks, you're like, ah, shit, I can't, I can't close that window now. I can't close that back up and not see it anymore. It's just there forever. So that's what they did to people who watch family guy. I think. Yeah. You're, you're, you're a thousand percent going to hear Caesar blank. I, I knew Craig would be so focused on that. Yeah. They got the point. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I'm just, I'm just saying that, that one, I hear it now too. And that got, that got ruined for me. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, all right. We got more from uh, that episode, right? We sure do. All right. We got six days to make it to Los Angeles. If we keep our stops to a minimum, we should be able to get the episode pulled just in time. Yes, and in just a few weeks from now, Family Guy will be off the air forever. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. This isn't what I signed up for. I like Family Guy. Why do we have to get it off the air forever? You should like that show. Your sense of humor is just like Family Guy. (laughs) Don't you ever, ever compare me to Family Guy. You hear me, Kyle? Compare me to Family Guy again. So help me, I will kill you where you stand. You just want Family Guy off the air. Do you have any idea what it's like? Everywhere I go. Hey, Carmen, you must like Family Guy, right? Hey, your sense of humor reminds me of Family Guy, Carmen. I am nothing like Family Guy. When I make jokes, they are inherent to a story. Deep, situational, and emotional jokes based on what is relevant and has a point. Not just one random interchangeable joke after another. So I think I, I, I was able to use my deduction skills to decipher that I don't think they love being compared to Family Guy as often as they were. Yeah, it seems to bother them, I think. <laughs> yeah, because they, they also started around the same time, too. So it's literally like that's what they were talking about. Oh, these Simpsons sort of, um, you know, offsprings like South Park and Family Guy. They were always, always put in the same category. And just watching that clip reminded me of the Mulaney joke where he goes, I, I really can't stand people that compare Scarface to movies like the Godfather. He's like, yeah, I like great movies like the Godfather and Scarface. That's basically saying like, I like fine foods like lobster and Skittles. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how family, I'm sorry. That's how uh, South Park looked at it. Like man, Trey looked at it and said like, by Putting us in the same category as Family Guy, you're reducing everything we've ever done. Now, I don't agree with that because I do think Family Guy had a very funny run. You can agree agree or disagree. Was it as funny as South Park? Was it as well-written as South Park? Uh, that No. I, honestly, I'd have to see more episodes of the early South Park because I don't really know the answer to that. 
Um, I've seen South Park a lot more in the last 10 years than I did in the previous 10 or whatever. Yeah, they always had they always had like a a, a through line story that progressed. Family Guy sometimes would dart all over the place. And I, I like Family Guy. I think it was like around season seven where I started kind of dipping out. Yeah, I loved Family Guy when I was a kid, mm-hmm. but I would say the major difference in, in quality is that South Park realized, hey, we have a lot more longevity if we pivot to these topical episodes. And some mm-hmm. people hate that. Some people pr- prefer how it was back in the day rather than these seasons that kind of have a through line all the way through. Um, but they saw something that would give them more longevity, whereas Family Guy has really just mailed it in. And the, the biggest benefit they have was we were talking about the six days to air they can be so topical yeah it, it, it like will never go no, stale. it makes it, it that may it does make it more impressive in the sense that like they only have six days to write these jokes <laughs> but right that that's how i think naturally funny these two are is a lot of it is the types of conversations they would have put into a show yeah i mean mohammed turning into a beaver giving peter a helmet or whatever he said like that I, i've said this before about south park that it's hard if you were describing, you know, if someone came from another planet, but they know English perfectly and you're trying to explain to them South Park, it would be hard to describe uh, these two guys are brilliant. They, they changed a lot of what comedy was They're They're, you know, really the voices of a generation in some respects. And then the character of Mr. Hanky, the Christmas poo comes on the screen (laughs) and you're like, I swear you just have to understand the full context. You know, (laughs) you hear his voice singing turd. I don't get it. That's the genius you're talking about. His voice is squeaky. It's funny. (laughs) Uh, All right. What's next? uh, We have uh, one last clip from them making fun of family guy. Okay. Yeah. So this is the writer's room, right? Yes. This is the clip that really made me like, I was like, boy, they, they, the way they break down the formula. And again, I understand this is probably not what the family guy writer's room looks like. I am aware of that, but it does break the formula down in such a way that is it just, you know, it completely undresses it. I think in a, a very unique, interesting way. Here we are, Danny, the family guy writing staff. Of course, it all makes sense now. They really are brilliant creatures. You see, the right side of the tank is filled with idea balls. Each idea ball has a verb, noun, or pop culture reference written on it. There's millions of them. The manatees choose an idea ball and swim it over to the joke combine on the other side of the tank. The idea balls drop into the joke combine and form a part of the new script. Laundry, date, winning, Mexico, Gary Coleman. A perfect family guy joke. I can see it now. Peter, you didn't do the laundry today. You think it's bad? Remember the time I won a date to Mexico with Gary Coleman? ¿Qué pasa, señores? What you talking about, Willis? (laughs) (laughs) Now, the other thing I have to say is the, 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 the cutaways that they write, like making fun of them, do vindicate Family Guy in a way because it's like you are aware that Family Guy is funnier than that. You know what I mean? It's not as easy as they're making it out to, to be. So in a way, I think what, and I, we might hear them allude to this a little bit, but I think what Matt and Trey were mostly bothered by in the Family Guy writer's room is that it, it feels lazy. Not that they're not funny people, 
but that it's a lazy effort. Now, I don't even know if I agree with that, but what they did exposes it so much that it does make you cringe the next time you see it. It's hard when the formula, when the formula is laid out like that, it's hard to go back and watch an episode because anytime they do do one of those cutaways and it's a pop culture reference and uh, you know, a silly uh, environment that they're in, you're like, Oh yeah, I remember man. Trey called that. They broke it down. Yeah. I've, I've always noticed that, there was something like the, the the cutaways were always weird like that, but I thought they were funny back in the day. That's that. I guess that's my point is I always found them funny. And then it, when I went, when I've gone back and watched them even today, I always have that in my mind that it's a manatee <laughs> popping a ball into a little thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, I think it's more like, I don't know how many seasons family guys in you, you're going to run out funny. of ra- like random yeah. ideas. <laughs> For sure, yeah. And now here's again where I respect Matt and Trey a lot more than Seth MacFarlane in this capacity is that um, I listened to an interview for this. Seth was on um, Adam Carolla recently, and uh, he didn't, obviously, but Carolla will sometimes ask questions like that, like, ah, you have a problem with Matt and Trey, right? Mm -hmm. So I just skimmed through it to see if there's anything there. Um, But what I did come across was Seth MacFarlane saying, like, you know, like he's talking about all these projects and Corolla tells this story. Um, Cause Adam Corolla replaced Norm as the voice of death on family guy. Right. And Corolla told the story that he would, he used to show up and uh, Corolla's like, all right, we could probably just get started. Right. I know I'm a little early and they go, Nope, not till Seth gets here. And he'd be like, all right, well, what if we just banged a few out just to get him out of the way? And they're like, nothing gets done till Seth gets here. And then he goes, and then I went in, in a recent season and I'm like, all right, should we wait for Seth? And they're like, nah, we'll just bang him out. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> and Seth MacFarlane replied, he's like, well, you know, I used to be very hands-on, maybe even too hands-on. And now I've given the reins over to two very capable guys whose names escape me right now. And he wasn't doing a bit. He literally forgot who the uh, showrunners for the current version of Family Guy are. See, that's the problem right there. That's the issue is that you have you know, American dad and the Cleveland show and Ted and the sequel to Ted and uh, the movie with uh, Charlize Theron and these crooner albums that you make. And he's had his couple of sitcoms come and go when you're stretched that thin, no one product is going to be quality. And I think that's where Matt and Trey are impressive is because they've had a lot of balls in there. They had, um, the South Park movie and Team America World Police mm-hmm. and the Book of Mormon and basketball, uh, all these things while South Park was going on and were still able to throw themselves entirely in it and make it of good quality. Yeah. I think I think the fact that they are as hands-on as Seth used to be is why it's still good. And what he can't seem to uh, realize is that he was the reason it was good. <laughs> yeah, well, here's, I mean, here's my thing about Seth MacFarlane is I don't think he gives a fuck that Family Guy is not that good anymore. No, so, he, hey, more he, power to him. Yeah, you he know? doesn't. He does not. <laughs> he d- I don't, I, I didn't, um, he didn't come right out and say this, but I didn't get the vibe in that Corolla interview that he's like, no, no, it's as good today as it was in season four. You know, mm, like, I guess if, if he's admitting it, at least that's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, what's next? Uh, lazy writing. Yeah, so this is where uh, Matt and Trey get a little more uh, vicious. <laughs> as far you can tell, they really disliked the Family Guy staff. And this is where I start to disagree with them a little bit in the sense of like, well, why does it bother you at all? 
And I think the answer is the scene that we saw where they're like, why are we being compared to these fucks? It's not even yeah. a, we're not in the same league. They're, they're looking at family guy and they're like hack. <laughs> that's a, that, fucking, that's how they feel. Yeah. yeah. But what's funny is, of course, this has become more notorious, not for Muhammad and that whole thing, but because this is the episode where we rip on Family Guy. Um, and so everyone, that's what most people want to talk to us about, you know, going, do you, do you really not like Family Guy or are you? And yeah. I just want to say for the record right now, like we've seen Family Guy. It's it's we do hate it. We do hate Family Guy. <laughs> and um, and it's, it's just a person. And we totally understand that people love it. And that's why we put it in the show. We understand that it it speaks to some people. And it, it's like it, it can just be a simple laugh. And that's great. And we certainly don't think it should be taken off the air or anything like that. We just don't respect it in terms of writing. That's, that's probably the best way to put it. That's a good way to put it, yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Because, you know, there's basically, we always try to avoid, there's one thing we always try to avoid in South Park is gags. We, we hate gags. And so whenever we're bringing in new writers, we always know the gaggy writers, right? Which are the ones that no matter what you're talking about and how deep of an issue or whatever character arc or whatever it is, they're just throwing out a gag. And it's just like, yeah, and then he says this. And it's like, that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. That has nothing to do with that character. You're just throwing out a gag randomly. And it seems like Family Guy is basically just. I think Family. I think what makes me disappointed about Family Guy is I think it could be an amazing show. I think they're really. You can tell they're smart people working on it. But I think they've just kind of gone for. I don't think they work hard enough. Yeah, they need to work harder. <laughs> See, that sounds like they're joking there almost at the end. What's that? It sounds like they're almost joking there at the end. A little bit with the work harder thing. I think. That, I think that's such a funny thing to tell someone. Like you need to work harder. <laughs> but. There, there is an out where they're like, hey, like the shows, there's smart people over there. They're smart and funny people. They just don't respect the way that it's done. Now, this is where I've softened a lot over the years. And I used to think I used to think that I was one of those guys that was like, yeah, you know, a comedy purist. Like it's, things have to be so you have to be sending a message, man. You know, definitely. I realized now as an adult, like if you like Carrot Top, like who gives a fuck? Who cares? You know? You know, if he's making you laugh, that's terrific. Or if Jeff Dunham makes you laugh. Well, we, we literally just talked about this with Matt Reif. We're like, he is not for us, but it's clearly working. <laughs> it's working. Now, with Matt Reif, I would argue, I think what he's doing is hack. I don't think there's anything to it. I don't know what it is, but I think there are forces outside of comedy that are tricking people into laughing. So I think there's a difference there. But my point is, strictly, they're talking about gags. So breaking away from the story to make you laugh with some misdirect or something you weren't expecting. Mm -hmm. I don't see a problem with that. I think if it's making people laugh, that's still comedy. Correct. I don't think it's any less I valuable. Agree. I agree that with that. And you can't, they can't really talk about gags when they have a character that legitimately dies every episode. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. And like I said, they have a, sh a turd that sings at Christmas and you know, like they, they do some silly shit. There's literally an episode where, people are shitting out of their mouths and eating through their asshole or something like that. So, yeah. And, and you know, you should never take yourself too seriously in comedy, I think, because it always ends up making you look foolish in the end. But my point being like, I do think there are a lot of things that are just hack no matter what, like we talked about that fan last week. And I think the idea of playing on the stereotypes that he does is just hack. Even if it gets a laugh, it's something that has been done over and over again. But if Carrot Top has a prop that he created that is wholly original and that you weren't expecting whatever the punchline is, 
that's still comedy. It might be cheesier than Louis C.K., but it's still comedy, you right. know. And it's it's someone's always gonna like it. <laughs> yeah. So I I don't necessarily agree with them that it's like lazy writing because, like I said, funny's funny if they're making a and a lot of those were very smart jokes and highbrow or completely out of nowhere, like you didn't see coming. So I do think those are are difficult to write. And again, like I said, we'll hear Seth talk about how hard they are to write later, but. Um, animation solidarity. This was interesting. Cause like I said, um, Seth McFarlane talks about how him and Matt Groening are friends. But by this time, I think Matt Groening was at, at least in, as far as effort goes, he was out of the Simpsons. His name may, might still be on the show as far as I know. Um, but he basically left like when Futurama really started cooking. So Seth's kind of argument about the Simpsons is like, well, we've taken shots back and forth. Um, like the Simpsons had an episode where, uh, like I said, the general premise of family guy does appear to be ripped off from the Simpsons, or I would say maybe an homage. Uh, there's some episode of the Simpsons where um, they're going through uh, a book of, I, I think it's like the FBI's most wanted or something like that. And Homer's like, who's this? And you look at the page um, and it's uh, Peter Griffin. And they just say, oh, he's wanted for plagiarism. <laughs> and they move on. So there are shots at Family Guy in The Simpsons and there's a few others, but uh, they've since done a crossover episode where they kind of point out a lot of the similarities and Family Guy has had fun with it. Yeah, I enjoyed that um, episode. But by Seth MacFarlane's account, it's all fun and games with the Simpsons. Um, Matt and Trey say not so much. They were kind of doing the animation world a service here. It was pretty great because after this episode aired, um, actually, no, it was after the first episode aired. So this was the second part. But after the first part aired, we got calls from people at the Simpsons saying, thank you. Thank you. Because they actually hate Family Guy more than we do, even though they won't say it. And then we got calls from people that work on King of the Hill saying you, you they said, quote, you're doing God's work by ripping on Family Guy. And like, because Family Guy is kind of this, it's like the Justin Timberlake thing. It's like when you're a musician and you're doing your stuff and you're working hard and you're trying to do art and then Justin Timberlake comes along and just rakes in all the cash and everyone thinks he's awesome. You're like, dude, come on, that's not that good. But that's how to sort of everyone in this town feels about Family Guy. And and again, it is and it is like this childish jealousy too because it's like, come on, this our stuff's cooler. Yeah, but it, it totally is childish because Family yeah. Guy gets like four times the ratings of us. So Simpsons people are really upset, but they were so happy about this episode that then after we had talked to them, we're like, okay, well, let's have Cart- let's have Bart feel the same way that Cartman feels, and we'll just have Cartman meet Bart, and then we'll have, we'll put in the um, King of the Hill staff in there, too, just oh, for right, fun. Yeah. And, um, and so it was really like a, There was this very uh, animation solidarity moment where everyone did come together over hatred for Family Guy. <laughs> in, uh, in a different interview, they, I, this may have been a joke, but they said that the Simpsons writers sent them flowers when they went to their uh, office the next day. There were flowers from the Simpsons since people so <laughs> figurative uh, flowers people were people were happy and i guess um uh other cartoons over the years were have taken shots at like family guys animation and stuff so there has been a lot of hatred over um things surrounding family guy for a long time now what i hear there and they kind of admit it you hear um matt stone basically say that or both of them say that's basically exactly what was happening is the dane cook effect where there's a guy who's super successful and you think, 
why why is Dane Cook in arenas and David Tell isn't or Colin Quinn isn't these geniuses? Why? So I guess they're looking at it and saying like, hey, we're on cable and we're this like show that's on at you know ten at night and we don't get the same respect and we're lumped into this category with Family Guy, but they get more they're more popular than we are. And so there's a lot of jealousy that plays into it. And that's what we said about Dane cook, where it's like Dane cook. Wasn't the most unfunny guy ever. It was more, you were looking at him saying, why is he so famous? And I think you brought up Matt Rife earlier. We have that with Matt Rife where it's like, he's better than a lot of 28 year old comedians. Yeah. But but he's he's certainly not at the level where he should be selling out shows years in advance at eight hundred dollars a ticket. It's insane. That's what I don't understand. And so that's what I think Trey and Matt were saying there, where it's it's not so much that like they hate Family Guy. It's like why are they being put in the same category as us? What we're doing is cooler than what, what they're doing. Right. Exactly. And uh, next we have. Uh, Seth MacFarlane talking to Howard Stern. Finally, we get to hear Seth's point, for God's sake. We've heard enough from Matt and Trey, so uh, let's hear Seth MacFarlane weigh in on some of this stuff, finally. Two guys that uh, 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 Trey Parker, Matt Stone, who do um, South Park, South Park, they hate you, right? They seem to. Yeah. Now, now why do they hate you? Do you know them personally? I, I don't know them. I've met I've met Trey maybe once or twice for all of five minutes and- at, at- and when you see him, what mm-hmm. goes down? Does he start? Does he spit on you? Does he smack you? Does he bitch slap you? What? Well, I mean, is it physical at all? No, it's 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 a very cordial, you know, like when Churchill and Hitler would, you know, be in the same room together. You'd but but what happens? Like what, so, then when you see each other, but but he says horrible things about you. I don't know if you say horrible things about him, I, do you? I try not to. I try not to. But I you get to. caught up in it. What is it they resent <laughs> about you, and will this ever be resolved? And why don't you, when you see him, say, hey, Trey, what's the deal? Why, why well, are you so hostile? Because we take so many shits on so many people, it would make me the biggest fucking hypocrite in the world. It, right. It, at least he's aware. Well, that's right. I, I was glad when I heard that, because there's another, there's a different uh, interview where he's talking, this is where I heard the Matt Groening thing, where he's like, yeah, me and Matt Groening are friends. It's more of a friendly rivalry. And they say, uh, what about Matt and Trey? And he goes, ah, fuck those guys. <laughs> so and I think he was a kid. It was, that was a little tongue in cheek. But when I heard that, I was like, I hope he's not shitty about it because they shit on everybody. Everybody. You know, like the line that sticks out to me is uh, when they say that Ray Liotta has the skin texture of a decorative autumn squash. Like shit like that, celebrity. Like I, if I'm really Ray Liotta, if I don't know you, I'm like, well, fuck these guys. <laughs> well, they can get so away with for it now. His, it's not, it's not a bad comparison. <laughs> but for Seth MacFarlane to get you know butthurt over that, I, I think that does show that he is at least a comedian. Where he's like, hey, who am I to get annoyed by that? But it definitely does bother him. If you listen to more of this interview with Howard, where uh, Howard Howard did a very good job getting him to kind of talk about this stuff. Two part of it they did about us was very funny and right. and and they um 
But then I read this article where they were just really like spitting venom at, at, at us and at our staff. And I was like, oh, that's kind of lame. It's like, you know, go, go after me all you want. But, you know, don't go picking on writers you don't even know who are making much less money than you. What do they think it is? Like it's easy. It's an easy joke or something. Is they, that I, they, yeah. Well, they, they, they do think it's an easy joke. And, and it's, it's funny. Those are the hardest things to write in the world because they're like little they're, they're like little animated one frame far side cartoons. And, you know, you're coming up with a premise that has to be set up and pay off in a short amount of time. You're just you're just starting from scratch. So their point of view, if we can understand it, is that yeah. you're not getting laughs in the proper way. Yeah. yeah. That's, laughs that's, are great, but, but you're getting you that get is, them all that is the exactly it. That now, is exactly now, Sam Kinison used to have that problem with Andrew Dice Clay. He'd always say to me, Dice is uh, he's a hack. He's doing easy jokes. He's doing these. I'm a genius and this and that. And I used to say, well, Dice is funny and you're funny. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, I, I don't I, know. You can laugh at Johnny Knoxville and Woody Allen, you know? Right. I have, those are two great comparisons, Knoxville and Woody Allen or Dyson Kinison, I think is an even better one because they were contemporaries and it would bother the shit out of Kinison that he was being compared to Dice. Yes, it would. Where, you know, the layman or, you know, the average observer would look at them and be like, oh, you guys are the same. It's literally the same circumstance where, you know, Matt and Trey or Kinison, where they think what they're doing is this next level shit. And meanwhile, they're being compared to this, you know, nursery rhyme buffoon. (laughs) (laughs) So so I think that's, I think that's a, a, such a great comparison. And it's like, we were talking about a minute ago. Of course you can like both. There's no reason you shouldn't because what dice is doing is in its own way is brilliant. He's playing this kind of silly character that's actually, while on the surface, maybe similar to some of the stuff Kinison did, it's actually entirely different because it's more of a commentary on the type of guy that Andrew Dice Clay would be if it was a real person. Right. You know, Um, and again, to what Seth was saying about how hard it is to write those, like I've heard, I've heard a bunch of interviews with Seth McFarlane over the years and He's a huge fan of, you know, the Flintstones and the Jetsons and Bugs Bunny and all that old animation stuff. Like he grew up on TV. And clearly Family Guy is influenced by that stuff. Like those old oh, school yeah. cartoons yeah. that would have cutaways and these gags and stuff like that. So for him to kind of follow and be influenced by that and follow in those footsteps, I don't think that's any lazier um than what any other animated show is doing. Now, where I don't agree with him is like, hey, Matt and Trey, you're not allowed to make fun of the family guy writers because, like, those are professionals. They, they Sure, they make less money than Matt and Trey and Seth MacFarlane, I guess, but they're still professional comedians in some form, you know? Yeah. So they're completely fair game, I think. I, I, I thought that was like the, I thought he was, his points are all been great until then. I was like, you're, you sound whiny. That was know. the only one that's, that what it's really saying is like, don't make fun of us. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't give a fuck if the writers are getting made fun. Of. And not it, I, and what I believe is if man Trey specifically went after the writers and said, Seth McFarlane's funny though. I don't know if you'd have a huge problem with it. You know, I think it would have been all right with that. <laughs> that would have been a terrific episode. Like if they did that. <laughs> no, 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 no. Just the writers, the creator. We have no problem with him. specifically the writers. You hear how good that voice is, but this joke stinks. <laughs> Uh, All right. Do we have anything else? Uh, uh, We have two more clips. Uh, This one is um, more on the writers and uh, the success of both programs. All right. Let's hear a little more about that. 
I don't know. My, my point of view is they, they, they can say whatever they want on their show, you know, just, just go nuts. But, but what, what sort of crossed the line for me was, you know, don't go harping on staff writers. But why shouldn't they harp on the staff writers? If they don't like what you do, the staff writers are involved, right? There, uh, yeah, I mean, there was some comment they made about these are people who go home to their families and people uh, who, who, you know, care more about their kids than the show. It's like some weird <laughs> thing. That was care about their lives more than their work. <laughs> Who's more successful, you or those guys? Uh, honestly, I don't know. I have no idea what they make. You know. Uh, and that, now, I think the um, the Paramount deal makes it so that Matt and Trey definitely win that one, right? Um, I don't Because that was like one of the, 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 the weird thing is there's two of them, so I don't know. Right, because I think what they, they got just under a billion for that, right? Right, but combined. Uh, yeah, so it's So like, I don't know, I don't know what Seth MacFarlane's deal is, and he has so many more irons in the fight. He's produced so much shit for Fox that I don't know. It could be, it could be close if you break them down individual by individual. Um, but uh, here's how I look at it. And the thing like, Oh, these people care about their families and all that. I suspect I couldn't find that the exact interview he was referring to. Mm-hmm. Um, unless he just was paraphrasing and, and I heard it, but it wasn't exactly that. Um, but what I suspect is from listening to Matt and Trey, I think it's the same thing we've been talking about throughout this episode that Matt and Trey have put their lives into South park and still 25 years later care as much about it today and care as much about how the product comes out as they did two decades ago. Seth MacFarlane doesn't give a fuck anymore. <laughs> yeah. You know, he, he doesn't care if an episode of family guy stinks, he will, he'll never know probably. So that, that's how far removed he is from it. Seth MacFarlane has a net worth of about 300 million. Okay. Trey Parker, 600 million. Yeah. And Matt Stone, 700 million, mostly due to he was more hands on with Book of Mormon. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. That is interesting. And who knows how accurate those numbers are. But yeah, that makes sense that the South Park guys would be um, a little more technically successful because um, they're so much more hands on, I think, in everything they do. Um, and, you know, Seth McFarland literally doesn't know the guys who took over for him at Family Guy. That's, so that's real bad. No, I, I, you know what? Shame on me. I probably should have included it as part of this discussion, but go listen to him on Corolla. Literally, he says like, ah, their names escape me right now. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Really trust them. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I, overall, I think I come down team South park, but I will say, and this goes in general for comedy. I've come a long way in the last 10 years or so, as far as, judgment of lowbrow comedy or whatever, because if you do that, then you have to say like dice, his name was mentioned or, uh, Gilbert Gottfried. You have to say like, Oh, well he's not funny because he's just doing a lot of these like street jokes and stuff like that. It's like, Oh no, no, Gilbert's hilarious. It doesn't matter. The the formula doesn't matter as much as you think it does as a creator. Yeah. You know, the, now, if, if you're looking at it from that standpoint, yes, the effort that Matt and Trey put into their craft is much more impressive, I think, than Seth MacFarlane. But. Yeah, I'm, I'm so team South Park, and it's because mostly, I mean, I, the, the top South Park versus top family guy, it's still not even close. I think South Park wins in a landslide if you were going by that metric. But yeah. their show never had the Simpsons family guy fall off. 
No, no, that's the thing. And I think if it, well, uh, the amazing thing is not only has it not fallen off, like in some ways it's gotten funnier, better or more relevant. And even like the episodes that they did that I think are just on Paramount plus it's like them. It's the South Park characters grown up like 20 years after the pandemic or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's like, they're just finding new twists to put on it without it being a different show, meaning like family guy killed off Brian and it was an emotional episode. And that's a complete departure from what that show is. South park has found ways to do new things, but still be what the fans want, you know? Right. And and then they realized that was a mistake. And then Brian was just back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right. So, uh, this was the, the, attempted response by family guy, right? They thought better of it. This is, this is like if some like major podcaster went after me Mm -hmm. at first, I would be like, Oh, we're going to fuck it. Let's fucking get into it. And then after a couple of days, I'd be like, I don't want to do, I don't even know if I'm capable of doing this. So let's call off the, let's call off the dogs. Ah, you win. (laughs) That seems to be the mentality that a family guy had here. There, there, there was a joke that was in there about Trey Parker and Matt Stone, and there might possibly at one point have been some sodomy going on. But we decided. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Start, just start the clip over. I should have. This is from the uh, DVD commentary. There, are, I mean, it's probably obvious from context, but I should have said that they're talking about um, something that was deleted from an episode that never aired. There, so, like a joke about the South Park guys that never made a tear. There was a joke that was in there about Trey Parker and Matt Stone, and there might possibly at one point have been some sodomy going on. But we decided because Trey Parker actually is gay, and it just felt cheap. It felt cheap. He's a gay guy, so what? That's it. That, we don't go at him there. That was our kind of half-assed attempt to... Yeah, so we took it out. <laughs> half-assed attempt to lob something back at them. And we finally just figured, Christ, they did two half hours. Just, yeah. We don't have that kind of time. Let's just let's just take also, it. Let's just take it and go. It also didn't get a laugh. No, nobody laughed. Nobody laughed. <laughs> so at least they acknowledge like we couldn't go toe to toe with these guys. They destroyed us, you know. Yeah, and uh I'm almost positive Trey Parker has wife and kids. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, is Trey Parker I I took it as like a bad joke that's, that they were going for. That's what it sounded like. Cause I I mean his okay. daughter his daughter plays Ike. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. On the okay. show. I was like, is Trey Parker gay? Yeah, I think they were going for some dumb joke. Yeah, it was a different time. It was a bit that that was recorded back in a time where you could just call someone gay and it was a good laugh or a scandal. You know? <laughs> we were all gay back then. It was a scandal. It was a scandal then. You're like, no way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that I mean, that's basically it. No matter how you how you feel about it, uh, Trey and Matt, I think easily won that one because Family Guy waved the white flag and were like, you, "We're giving up. You guys got this one." But yeah. it was I, it was an interesting breakdown of something. I think the best example of it, even if you we heard from Howard Stern, if you look at the way Howard Stern would undress his competition, the way he would break down Imus or Man Cow or um, Debella or these people that he would go up against, I don't think it was as exposing as what Family Guy did with one simple joke, the manatees writing the show 
South Park. I feel like it would just broke everything. It changed the way you looked at Family Guy in an instant. Yeah, but the other thing too is they're like, all right, they did two half hours. We're gonna respond, and it's gonna take nine months for this episode to air. And then yeah. when and then when hey, it does next February, we'll show you. Yeah, and then and then when it does. Family Guy will then respond again the following week. I mean, South Park will respond the following week, so they'll be behind again. Right, right, yeah. So it's better to just give that one up. They won. Um, and Matt and Trey, I think, in general, are tough guys to go up against from that standpoint because they have no they have no restrictions. If they think it's funny, they will say it. And they have they've transcended any sort of uh, you know, fear of being canceled or losing their jobs. It'll never happen because if Viacom gets rid of them, anyone else is going to scoop them up in a second and they could honestly just make their own shit at this point. I imagine, oh, with, yeah. you know, a combined over a billion dollars, they could, uh, they could get their own animation cooking if they really had to, you know, and put it on YouTube or something. Yeah. I mean, they'll go to Netflix in two seconds. Yeah. So, uh, completely uncancelable and also to me in terms of comedy this is not anything to do with real life or morals or anything but I think if you're talking comedians they're two of the most virtuous guys in the sense of they purely care about what's funny they'll send a message and even they had um, um, I forget which season it was but uh, oh when Kyle's dad is troll like he's like the troll on the internet it's great yeah. Um, in that season, Kyle gives a speech about how sometimes, you know, you can get up your own ass a little bit and be fulfilled by your own message and forget to be funny. And so literally they'll make fun of themselves for that when I, I think they're still pretty good at uh, walking yeah. that line. Yeah, but, but they, they have some of like the funniest shit I've ever seen. Like they had uh, like early, early on, they had um, that episode where a giant Abraham Lincoln is destroying South Park. Yeah. In, they go to Moses and his suggestion to help. He's like, Oh, I don't know. A giant John Wilkes booth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're, they're very silly, but also very intelligent. Yeah. And we'll do, we'll do, believe me, we'll do a South park episode and a family guy episode and a Trey and Matt episode. I'm sure as well. Um, but I thought the family guy South park dynamic was interesting because clearly um, I think if you're talking mix of humor, like if you're talking about highbrow stuff as well as completely silly juvenile stupid shit, I think the Simpsons kind of cornered the market on that. The early days of the Simpsons have jokes for everyone, whether mm-hmm. you're a, a snob intellectual or uh, just a dumb fuck, you can find enjoyment in the Simpsons. As far as just straight humor being consistently funny nonstop, I think South Park wins the cartoon wars as it were. Uh, when it comes to that, so yeah, not even close, um, not even yeah. close, in my opinion. And then, as far as cartoons go, we also like Futurama is very funny. That gets underrated. BoJack Horseman's a great one, and I want to do at some point. Um, I think the most underrated show of my lifetime, The Life and Times of Tim, I think is one of the best animated series ever. So never even heard of that uh, one. Well, well, you will eventually. So we'll talk about all of those at some point. And if you want to hear these episodes early, if you want a little taste of this, if you were like, Mike, this was, this was a good one, but it would have been a lot better last week. I was in the mood for it. Then make sure you're on Patreon because that's where you get these episodes a week early. You get bonus episodes as well. Uh, so make sure you hop on that Patreon, go to blindmike.net, and you can also find the free links to the podcast, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, all that. 
and the YouTube. If you prefer to watch on YouTube, that's where a lot of you kids get your podcasts these days. So uh, make sure you're on YouTube and subscribe to the Blind Mike Project as well. Excuse me. And uh, also, if you want to support Craig and uh, all of the wacky things that he does. Now, guys, watch out because Craig says some things. He's not like man Trey, who's uncancelable. He sometimes... He'll he'll step in it, and he doesn't mind pushing boundaries. I had on very good show. I had to have been making fun of something else <laughs> while doing that. Who knows? So if you want hot, ooh, ouch, ooh, hot takes, <laughs> make sure you go to verygoodshow.org. Uh, listen to a very good show for free, and if you like it, subscribe to their Patreon and support the Craigster. Yeah, please, please. All right, guys, we will uh, talk to you next time on Why Are You Laughing? Zip it up. And zip it out.